0: Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio and I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed accredited professionals and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained. Hello, and welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am Cheryl Knight, and I'm here with my co host,
1: Karen Frazier. Hi, Karen. Hey! Can you believe we're back already? I, I have a little bone to pick because you told me that you would give me all of March off. But well, because it's Nicole, yep, and Allie, right. here I am. Yeah, and
0: speaking of Nicole and Allie, we have two wonderful guests we will be talking to today, and they are Nicole Strickland and Allie Schreiber, and they are paranormal investigators from the San Diego Paranormal Research Society also known as SDPRS. And I just want to tell you real quick about SDPRS before I introduce Nicole and Allie. SDPRS is a nonprofit paranormal investigation team based in San Diego, California. And during today's interview, we'll be discussing some interesting evidence that Nicole and Allie have captured, including from the Haunted Queen Mary in Long Beach, California, and the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe in San Diego, California. And also, I know the team gives tours there at Rancho Buena Vista Adobe, so we have some inside scoops for our listeners on that. So with that, welcome, Nicole and Allie. Thank you for having me
2: and us. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're Hi. excited.
1: We're excited. To <laughs> we're talk excited. To you. I, I have to. I know. She, I told Cheryl she was going to take the lead, but heck with that, right? <laughs> Forget about. No, her. I just because she told me something <laughs> off the air that I was not aware of. And Nicole, I, I know of your love for the Queen Mary. Cheryl tells me it's sinking into the ocean.
2: That is so not true. Oh, oh, my gosh. Okay, let's make this uh, the topic of the show. <laughs> no, oh, my goodness. No, 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 no. There's so, there's a lot of people that just want to, you know, say negative things about the ship and they're pointing out every little crack or part that's, you know, kind of decrepit. But I just want people to know that um, the city of Long Beach and, and urban commons um, – who is now um, on board to help with the renovation and restoration, they are creating plans, not only renovation plans for the ship, something like, I think, $23, $24 million is going into renovating the ship, but there's also plans, something like $250 million, to uh, make the area around the ship more attractive for tourists. So shops will go in a hotel, a boardwalk, things like that Uh, the ship where it is now there's rocks around it but they're going to turn that into I think a proposed walkway so they're really like redoing a lot of things and so what the plan is is once all of this area is built up and they have stores and a boardwalk and all these cool things more money will be given to the ship that money is going to be used to generate to continue renovation on the ship. So, you know, this stuff that you're hearing, maybe different news agencies Mm -hmm. or what people are seeing is just not, not correct. I mean, right now, yes, the ship does need, you know, a nice little overhaul. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, she's a very old ship. She was built in 34 and, you know, efforts are underway to help with that. So I just want people to know that.
1: Thank well, good, you. because uh, the, after Cheryl said that, I looked it up, and I, it was like Fox News or something was the only link I found to it, and it was it sounded very dire, so just not true. Yeah, not, So it's safe, Phew. it's not going to crumble around, uh, The no. there's nothing that's going to fall down if people Mm-mm. walk in it, nobody's going to drown. <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. I mean, it's awesome. just it's so sad, because, I mean, <laughs> on one end, you're doing... It just seems like with the Queen Mary, there's a lot of people that like to complain. I mean, oh, look at this window's cracked, or oh my gosh, they need to paint here. And it's like, yes, but this, is a 1930- this ship was built in 1934. She's doing pretty darn good, you know, being that old. And so there's all these efforts going in to, to help her. So that's what people need to understand. And know that it's not going to happen overnight, but it's a process going it's gonna happen
0: I'm really glad to hear that because when I heard about that story I was pretty sad because I love the Queen Mary myself mm-hmm. and have a, having visited it often I, and that would just be tragic if if they couldn't save it but it doesn't sound as dire as they were making it seem in this news report no thank goodness no not at all okay great yeah
2: <laughs> and
1: I was worried about you Nicole <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> uh, I would go down with the ship like I, oh my I, god I really no I'm would. sorry I go down <laughs> with it Oh, my goodness! Well, okay, I have a
0: question real quick before we we dive into the new evidence you've captured at the Queen Mary and the Queen Mary I, I can't I don't know if I already said it, but it's 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 based in uh, Long Beach, California, and right. I'm sure you can give a little history when get it when we get into it um since you're the expert. Sure we've been on some I don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) we've been on some paranormal tours in the past it's been actually many years um and I can't remember if it's been five or six or seven years but we used to be able to go into the bottom of the ship I think it was the forward cargo hold in the pool area and I don't know if this this somebody just told me recently those two areas are now shut off to tours do you know if that's correct and if it is why
2: okay so let's start with the forward cargo hold yes in the past there were there are two cargo holds. Okay, so in the past, they used to allow tours um, down into the holds as well as the area called the pit, and that's mm-hmm. where they kept Italian and German prisoners of war, uh, war during World War Two. Uh, for a few years, to my knowledge, that area has been shut off just due to, I believe, safety issues. Okay. Um, also, so I believe that's that for that area, and then the pool. Recently, uh, they're doing some renovation work in there, oh. uh, so that area is closed. However, when I was there for the Strange Escapes conference, I did I didn't go on the investigations mm-hmm. um, Friday and Saturday, but I did hear that people were able to access the pool for that okay. area. But I mean, pretty much, I think I'm not sure if they're doing the other tours, like the Haunted Encounter tours, mm-hmm. or um uh, the general late night investigation wow. tours if the pool is off limits for that but I do know that some people did use it or go on it um go to the pool on the tour last or a couple of weeks weekends ago so
0: gotcha okay I was just yeah, yeah. interested to, to to find out a little bit more about that sure. so Nicole you have a new evidence spotlight page on your spirited Queen Mary website and blog and you've shared some new evidence that you found. And I thought if you want to start there, I mean, you can talk about what evidence you've captured and what
2: significance you think that it has. Oh, absolutely. So I decided, you know, in, in, the, in the website, my publisher is going to be kind of de- redesigning the Spirited Queen Mary website a little bit better um, than it is now. So I'm excited for that. But what's interesting is on Friday night, um, this was again at the Strange Escapes, Uh, conference uh, March 10th through the 13th and on Friday night after the meet and greet and all that I decided to uh, do a a pretty lengthy about a 30-minute audio session and I used two different recorders and a lot of people might be saying wait she did that alone you're never supposed to investigate alone (laughs) I understand that but because you know I'm very familiar with the ship and I'm familiar with many of the energies I felt okay Mm -hmm. because of that, just to do a little audio session. So I did. And again, I had two recorders running. I was like, Ali and I always like to, you know, use at least two or three different recorders. And so a little way into that, I started getting this very strong impression of one of the Queen Mary's former crew names, um, William Eric Stark. And he's one of the Uh, I think one of two documented deaths that also appears very frequently in spirit form. So him, as well as uh, one of the firemen and cleaners who passed away in 1966 in watertight door number 13 Mm -hmm. in the Shaft Mm -hmm. Alley area of the after engine room. And that, I won't list his name on air out of respect for the family, but his initials are JP. Okay, so getting back to William Eric Stark, I started getting this, very strong impression of him, and I really never have had that before. Uh, you'd, you'd think I would, being you know the amount of years I've spent on the ship, but I really never sensed him very strongly when doing an audio session before. But in this particular night, I just felt that he was in the room, so I started addressing, him hey, William Eric Stark, are you here? If so, can you let me know?" And I didn't get any responses. But then about 10 minutes later, I got this EVP of a man whispering. I'm not so sure if he says, like, get out at first with the whisper, but then it was like a whisper. And then you hear a man saying, get out, and then out a couple of seconds later. And I, even though I haven't sensed William Eric Stark that much, I have heard him on many occasions because he is a very intelligent energy, and he is known to talk to people in a very gruff, raspy tone of voice. He's almost kind of grumpy in a way, kind of doesn't want to be bothered, a little territorial of his space, a little history of him, and and you'll have more understanding when I I, uh, share a little bit about him. He was a, a senior second officer on the ship, and one night... He accidentally consumed tetrachloride, thinking it was Jen, and got very, very ill and passed away. He actually went to the ship's doctor, and he was very ill, and then about three days later, he passed away. So he might very well be redoing or kind of reliving his duties on the ship, but maybe upset at what happened to him. I don't know if he's ever really recovered from it. So that could be why people hear him you know, in a kind of an, not angry, but grumpy tone and all that. So I just found it was odd that I was sensing him. And then about nine to 10 minutes later, I get this EVP that literally matches his vocalization. Do I have proof that that was him? Maybe it's someone else that sounds like him. I don't know, but it was really interesting. And so Another tie-in is that the following night, I went on my friend Tony Ashland's Paranormal Shipwalk Tour. And for anyone that's listening, I highly recommend Tony and his tour. It's great. He takes you to a bunch of different areas. So we were, at, on Saturday night, we were entering our deck Forward. And this was an area where Mr. Stark has been seen and heard. And so we enter the area and almost exactly it like mimicking almost exactly the EVP that I got in my stateroom that I just mentioned occurred right as we entered in R deck forward. And it huh. was again, kind of a very <laughs> whispery, like Get out! sort of wow. thing. And I have the video is on there. And so I just find it interesting that both nights, Friday and Saturday, there was this encounter with him, and, you know, an almost identical sounding, audio pieces. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, why, you know, but sometimes we don't know why. So I figured, you know, that's interesting. I'd like to share that. So that's, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. much that, but it was really interesting.
0: Do you find the spirits that you've interacted with are upset, like these get outs that you're capturing, or do you get more benign interactions more often than not?
2: Is this specifically on the Queen Mary or just in general? On
0: the Queen Mary.
2: You know, I I think, you know, my opinion is that most of the energies on the ship are are curious and, and friendly. Of course, the ship has seen death. You know, a lot of people died. Uh, we're talking about POWs, servicemen, passengers, and crew. So mm-hmm. maybe those that had a, a hard death like Mr. Stark did, maybe they are a little angry at their situation. I don't know, but for the most part... I would say, you know, the energies uh, are used to people. And I'm talking specifically about the intelligent energy are used mm-hmm. to people because so many people go in and out of the ship on a daily basis. But I think most of them are, are open to, you know, talking with the visitors and, and current crew now and things like that. So, you know, I think it just varies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it's, it's a case by case
2: situation. Right.
0: Okay. And so what about the next audio or video
2: you want to talk about? Uh, Well, that was the main highlight with the Queen Mary. But Mm -hmm. we have, oh my gosh, Allie and I, I mean, Allie can elaborate on this too. (laughs) We have been hosting the Spirits of the Adobe tours at the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe now for several years. And uh, the tours are designed as like a historical flash, paranormal investigation type tour, so people learn about the history. And then Allie and I uh, take the guests through various rooms of the Adobe, and we implement, you know, dowsing rod sessions and an EVP session, ITC work with the spirit box. So, oh my gosh, cool. we have just been getting you know, really incredible evidence, and I know ITC can be very subjective, but what we look for are not only clear responses, but Mm -hmm. responses that are historically relevant and that's what we've been getting mm-hmm. at the adobe and it's just been i mean amazing so
0: interesting i yeah. love old town san diego and chad and i love we've been there a couple times but i one of these days when we get back to california i want to take your tour when can where when do you give these tours <laughs>
2: <laughs> on that would be great <laughs> third. i know that would be awesome my gosh that would be fantastic karen get your butt down here too <laughs> Um so yeah, we do them on the third Friday of each month and we have two different tours. They're two hours in length. So the first one starts at seven thirty or no seven. I always get that computer seven and then the second one is nine
0: thirty P. Okay. All right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. And we only Allow like up to ten guests per tour, just because of the space of the adobe and there's so many artifacts in there. Uh, so you don't want someone accidentally like you know brushing up against one and it yeah. drops and breaks or things right. like that. So, but it's we've been enjoying it a lot. It's great.
0: So um, Nicole or Allie, whoever wants to take this question, what types of paranormal phenomena do you encounter the most
3: there at the adobe? Well, so far, <laughs> pretty much it's all been prior residents or owners
4: mm-hmm.
3: of the adobe it's uh, i mean it's just like nicole said it's just so incredible it's so off the hook incredible we we get historical mm-hmm. relevant mm-hmm. responses to the questions that we ask we even get responses that we find out later
1: mm-hmm. become very
3: historically relevant stuff that we didn't know
1: Can you give an example of what, like, what would be a historically relevant response?
3: We would ask, you know, most investigators will say, you know, if you're here with us, can you please tell us your name? I know that's very cliche, but it is a question that we ask. And many, many, many times, repeatedly, we get the same names, and they're the names of the people that lived in or owned or family members who lived in the Adobe I mean, we, we know those names, we know those families, and then, Nicole, can I tell the Herman story? <laughs>
2: Absolutely, yeah. Okay, yes, that's so, just, I mean, it's we're, amazing. Oh, my gosh.
3: We're conducting, you know, uh, an ITC session, and we were speaking with someone we thought, we said, well, you know, who is this? Can you tell us your name? We want to verify who it is that we're, we think we're speaking to, and we got the response, Herman, and we thought, oh, okay, that's We don't know a Herman. That's kind of weird. Herman, what's your last name? And we got the response, Diaz. And we kind of looked at each other. We're like, okay, Diaz. Well, um, another gal that was a member of our team at the time was leaning up against one of the walls. And she turned around and she said, you know, there's a picture right here on the wall. And it's a picture of all the workers that used to work at the Adobe. It's one of the old historical photos. And it has names under the... Gentlemen, mm-hmm. we'd never looked at the photo before we just I mean it was there but we never really looked at it one of those gentlemen in that picture his name was Herman Diaz
1: wow okay well that we seems kind of historically looked, relevant yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'd yeah. never looked so, at the I mean, photo a, before yeah. we didn't know who
3: he was and and now he comes through quite often so <laughs> hmm.
1: right he was so yeah, happy to have. be he was happy to be heard and recognized yeah. apparently huh? right yeah, yeah I, think, absolutely. I think it's like
3: who who are you guys talking to? Let me in there. Let me say something. You know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so it's it's pretty.
0: Incredible. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I often wonder
0: um, oh, because you find you find she's that interrupting you
2: have... people.
1: No. Well, she's Nicole. Geez,
2: <laughs> <no, I'm>
0: <laughs> you find kidding.
1: that you you have spirits that some of them seem to come better, like as a disembodied voice, or some of them seem to come through better right. as they an EVP and some of them seem to do better with the ITC. So I guess it's just what you can manipulate.
2: That's true. And I, you know, I've always, I think Allie and I were actually, we were just discussing this on last Friday's tour. We used to be skeptical, very skeptical, skeptical of ITC work. Not that we were, you know, cynics and that we didn't want to, you know, employ research with it, but we were just, skeptical until we got to the adobe and it was just it wasn't just once or twice or three times we started getting very clear names of past residents so for example the Coutts family um mm-hmm. uh, the uh, patriarch of the family cave cave johnson Couts, he would come through another man by the name of juan who whose remains are said to be sadly, in a wall in the adobe. We don't know. We're still researching the origins. We have some possible uh, clues as to what happened, but we're still researching that. Uh, Let's see, their their, um, eldest daughter, Maria Antonia, uh, Cave Johnson Coutts' wife, Isadora Bandini de Coutts, these are all individuals that seem to come through for us on a monthly basis, and we're actually starting to recognize the vocal tones Uh like if someone comes through and let's say they don't say their name but they answer a question we're like oh okay that sounds like juan or wow that really sounded like isadora i mean do we have proof that that's them no but we're seeing these consistencies from month to month and so it's it's really awe-inspiring you know every time we go we learn something new and it's fabulous
1: so well and when you have conversations that make sense that, you know, Have we? that, that mm. aren't just nonsense. To me, that's that's fairly strong because if, if it's just random voices coming through on the radio, it's going to be a whole lot of nonsense. It's not going to be stuff mm-hmm. that where it's an actual conversation.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: I, one example of that, I believe, is one of the audio clips. And it's was where we I just going to say that. Juan, Nicole and I
3: think alike. Yeah. I was just going to say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Allie and I have this I don't know what it is, but this mojo where we like read each other's thoughts and we, you know, I'll have, I'll think of a question that she was just going to say or vice versa. So Juan, okay, his last name's Gonzalez, right? So Juan, uh, this was uh, two or three years ago. I forget the exact date. And I-, I was curious to ask Juan if he's still friends with the Indians because Native Americans did help build the structures and the nearby mission, which was Mission San Luis Rey. And so I asked that question, you know, Juan, are you are you friends with the Indians? And we get a res- very clear response of still am coming through the device. So, cool. you know, it's it's responses yeah. like that that are just, you know, and it's like we're what we're doing right now is we're journaling and we're, developing this very uh, detailed case report because the city of Vista runs the Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. So eventually we want to sit down with them and go over a lot of this with them. And it's almost like Ali said before, verifying historical information through paranormal evidence at this Adobe. I mean, not everything, but some of the stuff that we've, some of the, you know, EVPs and spirit box, um, uh, responses that we've gotten, it's almost like they'll say something and we go and research it. Like we went to the Huntington Library recently to research and we were able to verify. So it's fabulous.
0: So I have a question. You guys do a lot or maybe all historical sites, correct? In your investigations? Mostly. Mostly? Okay. Yeah,
2: we, we do some private residences, but we're very selective with the type of residences mm-hmm. we take on, obviously, for obvious reasons. So.
0: so, okay, so you do a few residentials. So do you find that you get a lot more evidence at historical locations versus maybe uh, somebody's house or not?
2: Allie, you go first, and then I'll, I'll uh, chime in after that.
3: We do. We've done investigations. We've done more investigations at more historical sites versus residential. So we may have more evidence collected from historical sites but i think any site in particular i think it really matters on the spirit energy that's there i don't really think you can say i get more from one or mm-hmm. the other i think every case is completely different based okay. on and based on if there's spirit activity there and how strong it is and how many there are so i think it depends well,
2: Okay. Yeah, I think, too, like with historical cases, you know, they're maybe more known for the type of spiritual energy that's there. You know, a lot of private residence requests, not every case is necessarily going to have that. You know, people might be mistaking sounds for just Mm -hmm. normal environmental sounds, things like that. So I think it depends on
0: Mm
2: -hmm. if there's, you know, actual paranormal activity going on.
0: I wonder if at historical sites, if, you know, you, you you get on audio, you said you capture who you think are past owners. You have some good evidence of that or past occupants. Are they popping in to visit a, a you know, beloved former residence or is there something else going on there? Uh, you know, maybe they need help with something or something else. What do you think about that?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously both of us can chime in. I think, with in, in the case of the Adobe, there's the the general energy there is very strong. I think most of it is intelligent energy. Of course, there might be some residual, and it might be a case where you know these people knew each other in life, knew each, they obviously know each other. In death, um, you know, Allie and I have also talked about the possibility of there being some portal or something Hmm. in the environment that almost acts as a battery for the energies, maybe to help them come through more often. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like what, I mean, what do you think, Ali, anything else?
3: Well, and that, that and because we're there and we're there consistently, we also do and have been able and lucky enough to do a few you know, private investigations at the Adobe without doing a tour, just Nicole and I going in and doing our own private investigations there. I think, you know, if there's spirit energy there, I think they're used to us. I think they trust us. So maybe that's right. why they come through more often and, you know, divulge more and more information. Like Nicole wow. said, there I mean, there's so much going on at the Adobe that we can't yet talk about. So... I think maybe it could be a, a comfort level thing, a trust level thing. It could be the portal. Thing. It could be a combination of all of that. That's, um, that's
0: really interesting. That's a good point because you guys have actually, it seems, established relationships with these spirits over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And
2: right, that could yeah. make all
0: the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah I
2: think so. I mean, to, I mean, since 2011, but we've actually been doing them monthly for about four years now, I
3: think, give or take mm-hmm. a few months. Okay
2: and we're always it's careful it. to
3: be extremely respectful yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why maybe the spirits come through a little bit more we're not demanding anything we're we're yeah. friendly we're we're respectful and we always make sure that when we do our tours we we make sure everybody follows those rules we want to we want to respect the spirits that were there and the energy that's that's speaking to us we want to make sure they understand we're we're there to help we're there to be of assistance if needed and it's almost like they're kind of giving us answers because they want us to tell their story. Mm,
0: yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to run this theory by you. It's, it's a theory that my husband has, my husband Chad, and he always comes up with these theories and, my, and then he blows my mind and I can't think straight afterwards, but I'll just run it by you anyway. <laughs> What do you That sounds
1: almost <laughs> like TMI. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I right. love it. All right.
0: He <laughs> says if we exist in all times as spirits, then maybe a haunting is a spirit existing in all times. So maybe the spirits actually exist in their own timelines, but somehow cross over into other timelines. Thoughts? I believe. Yeah, yeah okay. that's
2: pretty yeah. that's pretty that's pretty well thought out there. Uh, you know? I mean I mean yeah, I absolutely agree on that possibility. I mean, who's to say I mean I that's the thing with theory is like, you know, there's all these existing theories, but mm-hmm. there's so many more out there that yeah. we have to think about and te- or you know, I don't even know if they're testable some of them, but
1: right.
2: you know, so
1: they're not currently testable, but Right. That but, doesn't mean the exactly. always me.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Okay, what I'd like to do now is play some of the audio you captured during your investigations at the Queen Mary and Rancho Buena Vista Adobe. I'll describe the audio and then play it one at a time. And then we'll take a short break afterward. And when we come back, we'll talk more about haunted locations and paranormal investigations. The first audio file we'll play is the one you described earlier, Nicole, that you captured in your stateroom aboard the Queen Mary. So I want our listeners to listen for Nicole to say the word ambient, which she was referring to a guest shutting their door next door, and then listen for a whispered vocalization followed by the words, get out, out. I'll play the audio now. And what you're going to hear is the same clip replayed three times in a row.
2: That was ambient. That was ambient. That was ambient.
0: So there was the audio played three times in a row. If you couldn't hear it, you may need to put on some headphones. It's very faint. You can even um, pull it into Audacity and um, amplify it and and you can hear it pretty well. I didn't have a problem hearing it with my headphones on, knowing, knowing where to listen to it. Now we are going to play one more audio. It's the clip that you were talking about earlier in the show, Nicole, where you captured it at the Rancho show, Buena Vista, Adobe. You had asked Juan, a, a spirit you believe is there, if he's friends with the Indians. And on the audio, after you ask him that question, you can hear perhaps Juan reply, still am. Here we go. Juan, well, I have another question for you. Were
2: you friends with the Indians? Still am. Still am. That was freaky. Thank you, Juan. Oh my god! I got well. I I, because I was getting that. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. Juan, I have another question for you. Were you friends with the Indians? Still am.
0: Okay, let's take a break. You are listening to Paranormal Underground Radio. We'll be right back. Close Encounters of the Christ Kind. Science fiction author Douglas Brody retells the life of Jesus according to ancient alien theory, as the Bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named Satan doesn't arrive first. The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book 1, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit PlanetJesusTrilogy.com, where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio, and I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, Relationships, career issues, self esteem, addictions, and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals, and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp's service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at BetterHelp.com forward slash paranormal.
5: The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by their deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave in to their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world, not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom in thinking, creating, and believing. The Source of Immortality. Written by Maria Anna van Riel. www.amazon.com
0: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained
6: today. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermus,
7: And me, Manny Vega.
6: We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment.
7: That's right, and you can find out more by going to getspooked.net.
6: And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to getspooked.net slash YouTube.
1: Hey, everyone. If you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today.
7: While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line... There are a All million places you'd never consider texting, by so parents. why would you do it During while driving? On what NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking ask you her to please stop the text, branches and together we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstopwrecks.org.
0: Okay, we are back, and we're going to continue talking with Nicole and Allie about their paranormal investigations. What other historical sites or any site really that you both have investigated that have really captured your attention have you like for instance have you um investigated uh, i believe it's called the star of india
2: in your area yes yes mm-hmm. okay. yeah we have not recently we were just talking about going back and um we haven't investigated to like together as a team yet but we've both investigated it as you know um with other Indeed. people but yeah
3: yeah, you had a, Ali. you had a really cool experience there, right? At the Star of India? I did. I yeah, was there. Yeah. Some, um, another paranormal group was giving tours and you pay your money and you go on the tour. And so I grabbed some, my husband and some friends of ours and we went on the tour and my friend Kathy and I went upstairs. The other group was downstairs and we went upstairs and we were the first ones to go into what's the captain's quarters. And as we open the door, we see someone hurry up and, like, like maybe we startled someone. It was like we startled someone. And the, this person, what we saw, what I saw was, mm-hmm. I'm going to describe it as a shadow form, human shadow form. I'm guessing five, nine, maybe, something like that. But it moved very quickly. And it was like, somebody saw me. And it went around a corner. Oh, wow. And my friend Kathy and I are both like, "Did you see that?" She's like, "Yeah." so we went and hurried up past the tables and walked up there, and where we saw this shadow form go was up a very short staircase that went up to the very top deck where the where the wheel is, and that door was locked from the inside, so we didn't see anybody we didn't I mean, but it was it was a pretty profound experience, and i it's one that I've never forgotten. It was like, oh uh, we we startled somebody and they hurried mm-hmm. wow. up and went away. Yeah, so that was okay. that was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> I had
2: an experience too on the ship, like in the same area where we were like setting up. And this was, I think, back in '08. And we were setting up kind of our base station and getting our equipment ready. And we were talking amongst each other. And then I, we this was not a disembodied voice. This was an EVP. And when I reviewed audio, it was a man saying, "Help me." And so what's interesting is one of the stowaways i oh, i want to say his name's william campbell billy campbell something like that um he actually fell broke two legs and later died and the, the vocalization did sound like it came from a young male again it may not be him it may be someone else i don't know there was also an incident where a chinese crewman was in the chain locker and was screaming for his you know mates you know don't like stop with the chain stop with it and uh-huh. he was ended up he ended up they were pulling it up, and so the rope was filling in the room, and he was crushed to death. So, you know, does that help me, you know, fall in, you know, maybe it's him. I don't know, but I actually captured a unique picture, and I don't have it up on a site yet, but it's something that's interesting, and it, this, it there looks like there's a figure in the exact door where Ali saw, you know, the figure um that she was just talking about so you know well, that's it's, cool kind of similar correlating experiences but separate years apart with different people and
1: hmm. yeah <laughs> repeatable that's what we're always looking for repeatable
2: yeah, exactly yep. repeatable. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. so what do you think it is about ships because you know it seems like there are so many mothballed ships that um have reports everywhere
3: right one of the theories is that because they sit in water and energy flows through energy can flow through water so one of the theories i've heard is the reason why ships can be so active and can hold so much of that spiritual energy is because it's a big conduit it's just literally sitting in the water
1: yeah it could be so yeah yeah, because i've had experiences on ships too you know ships are like some of my favorite places to investigate. Oh I know. Ships, tell, me about, yes. tell me I about it. I mean they're it. cool and atmospheric but it just seems like the um, magnitude of the activity is exponentially larger than uh, in. you know how it is in so many places exactly. it's so very subtle. Yeah. But when you're on a ship it's never subtle or subtle. No it's not
2: ne- exactly. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh we have no. another one here and it's part of the Maritime Museum of San Diego and it's the Berkeley ferry boat and that helped ferry the victims from the 1906 earthquake um and fires in san francisco yep and so that's just i mean it's almost like the star of india and the berkeley as well as the other ships and subs within the museum almost share energy it's like it's just one big swirl tornado of spiritual energy down there Hmm. so it's yeah i don't i mean i don't know maybe there's these elusive reasons that we're not that us mortals are not supposed to know yet. I don't We're know. We're not
1: privy to. That's right. <laughs> We're not
2: privy yet, but I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah, but it's if awesome we knew though. all the
1: answers, would we be looking as hard? It would be commonplace.
2: Right. Exactly. And it be as cool. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, uh, Nicole, you're coming up to the Oregon Ghost Conference, which is uh, March 31st through April 2nd in Seaside, Oregon.
2: So excited! Bye. I was
1: with Alingo and Cheryl. Bye. You know, will be there. So, and you. So, what are you? What are you doing at the conference? what What will be your participation?
2: Oh, awesome! Well, first of all, I'm excited to see a lot of um, my Pacific Northwest buddies up there. But I am very honored and happy to be speaking. This is like the third year in a row, so I'm just ecstatic, um, pinching myself in a way. So this year, I'm going to be talking about children and the paranormal because I think it's a topic that kind of gets left to the wayside. And I think it's extremely important, especially for future generations entering the field. Uh, So... That presentation, it'll I'm kind of gonna touch upon you know different stages of child development and how children at those stages react to and perceive and understand the paranormal
1: because Getting, you have that and, you have that background why?
2: I have it, oh yeah, I actually have my master's in school counseling, so yes. I've um, had a lot of experience with that and teaching. um I've been teaching too for like the past fifteen years, so I've worked with a lot of Um, children of different ages and cultures and backgrounds. So I feel like, well, I think it'd be an interesting topic to address. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Um, So that'll be interesting. And, you you know, I'll talk a little bit about, we'll kind of have a little discussion about um, the stages of child development, like I said, but then getting into signs that a child may be intuitive or signs that a child Uh, experience something paranormal, um, talking about, you know, tips and suggestions for parent, parental guardians, family members, and investigators on how to take on a case involving a child, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. So looking forward to it. So do you think that,
1: um, I'm sorry, I have a question. about Do you think that, that, um, well, first of all, do you buy into the concept of, of indigo kids and that, that, children are changing and sort of evolving from what we were.
2: You know, that's, I, I you know, I think that there's a high, do I actually hundred percent believe in it? I, I can't say yes or no, but I, I highly think that that's possible. My, I feel that, I mean, just with adults, I think all children are intuitive. But mm-hmm. just like some adults, some are more inclined or have just more natural gifts than others.
1: Sure, but I agree. With that's that. just
2: kind of my belief. But I mean, you know, things are changing. I mean, you know, um, the foods we eat, the environment we live in, um, external factors like that. So I think, yeah, that affects, you know, a child's, you know, growth rate and, you know, the emotional and, you know, social. I guess, arena of, of kids. So yeah, I, I kind of do want to explore that more often with Indigo and like crystal children. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think, Allie? What's your thought on that? Again, I agree with Nicole. I mean, I think, well, I don't know. My personal theory is, you know, I think all all children are no more than, than we do as they develop the ability to speak that veil closes and then they don't see, so they can't communicate with us. So I work. I run a, a state licensed daycare, and I work with infants. And I know they're all smarter than me. I know they all know more than I do. <laughs> uh, they've got that look in their eyes. I don't know. They? Yeah. I know they're talking to all of the people that they're talking to. They're standing around. You know, I know they're they're talking to those people, and I'm I don't know they're there, and I'm not supposed to know they're there, and I'm not supposed to know what they're saying. So that's my own personal <laughs> theory. But don't you think, think that how a, like, a
1: parent handles it, it has a lot to do with whether that child works with it or suppresses that's it? That's exactly, that's yeah. another thing. Definitely. Like,
2: you know, keeping that open dialogue with kids and, you know, letting mm-hmm. them know that, you know, having a certain gift like that is, is you know, great. You know, it's okay to be different, things like that. I think, too, with kids, they haven't developed the ego yet so I think sometimes when the ego gets in the way it almost acts as a block to really <laughs> oh, you you know, think being
7: yeah. yeah no I'm
2: I'm saying <laughs> this like kind of like you know I mean I want kind of nonchalantly but I, I really highly believe this it's obvious you know yeah, me too. so um but yeah so I mean this presentation it's the first time that I've ever done it so it's kind of kind of be a trial but I'm really interested to to talk about it and, you know, welcome a discussion and get ideas from other people. And so I think it'll be mm-hmm. really good. Um, let's well, see. you're going to uh, be on my,
1: you're going to be on my panel on Saturday. Yeah. Your, the panel. Awesome. Which now,
2: which one is that again? There's, the author well, I'm not beyond two, the author's yeah, panel. You, that's right. Oh, you're hosting it. Great. I am hosting <laughs> so the author's panel. Yeah, that'll be great. And then I forget, I think it's, is it no, not Aaron. Oh, I think it's Jeff Davis who's hosting the. So, do you want to be on a paranormal TV show panel? And I, I agreed to do that because not because I'm like, yes, go on shows. I'm actually the type of person I am like extremely picky with going on any type of television or program. I mean, it has to, it has to depict the paranormal and, and myself in a positive. Professional manner, and if it's going to be anything sensational, it's like I don't want any part of that. Yes, it so that's a certain level. That's of what I'm going to address. Yeah, Very exactly. Good. Yeah, well, that, word,
1: teaching, that word. That word. Teaching a class.
2: Yeah, I'm teaching a class, and it's I call it the spirit of paranormal research. So it's going to go a little in more in depth than just the paranormal one hundred and one class. So we're going to kind of talk about. Uh, so ways to get into the field, you know what to know about joining a team, and then obviously you know the paranormal research 101 things like that. But attributes of an investigator, like all kinds of good stuff. So I'm cool. excited.
1: You're going to be, and you're you and you have a table. And I know that you're selling books because they are sitting in my entryway in a box right now with a yeah. bunch of bookmarks.
2: I'm excited. I only brought just a few because I don't want to lug them all home in the plane. Because last year, I'm surprised they didn't make me pay because my suitcase was so I remember full you jammed
1: your my, suitcase full of them. I remember.
2: am like, they're going to make me pay an extra 50 bucks to lug this thing on the plane. So... Yeah. yeah, but like it's I'm were, looking forward you to it. You to the
1: airport too, or did we just pick you up from the airport? I think we took you to the airport too, did You we? know,
2: you guys dropped me off. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, I thought so. I, I wish I could stay longer this days. year. What's that?
2: I said, I wish we could stay. Lo- I could stay longer this year, but just, you know, uh, have to go to work on Monday. so
1: I, Right? I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Then Cheryl and Allie, you're coming next year.
1: I've been, oh, trying, I, to. Cheryl, I've, I've
2: been yes, trying to. I get am coming for sure. I don't care it's what anyone, like, what you say. I <laughs> want day. you to come.
1: Like, we have such yeah. a good time. And it's not just all paranormal stuff. We socialize too. And yeah. Chad, meet all of these people that we've talked to on I the know. air over the years. I, In- I but, want to, I will, I want to try next
0: year. That's a new goal I have next year. Gonna yeah. Chad's going to come too though. Uh,
1: well, Chad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I guess. <laughs> okay we're just teasing you chad uh, we have a good time yeah yeah it sounds like it's going to be a awesome. great time um you guys need to fill us in after the fact and let us know what goes on please yeah absolutely for those of us who can't make it so yeah i'm curious your your paranormal research panel or class that you're teaching at the conference i'm kind of wondering what advice you have this is more for people maybe who want to get into research. What advice do mm-hmm. you have for those people maybe wanting to join in on paranormal research? What are the first steps you recommend that they take?
2: oh, like if like someone like contacts us and wants to come on an investigation yes. with the team? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Allie and I can both touch on this. Absolutely, I got. I'll go first, okay. if you don't mind, Allie. Is that okay? Is that okay? I don't care. I'm yeah, no, just, go, I go go right it. ahead.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> just because I was already <laughs> yapping away, but um, you know, we do not allow just anyone off the street to come and investigate. It's not like we're saying, you know, we don't trust you. We don't. We don't. You know, want you as a part of the team. Although that could happen. You know, I don't.
4: We you don't know, in all know reality,
2: you. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's more of it. I mean, and then, you know, there's a certain energy that Allie and I put out together. And it just works so well that if you bring someone in that doesn't have that same type of energy, could it, could it mm-hmm. disrupt things? Could it make situations worse? Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, just, you know, yeah. if someone, you know, really shows like a a mature interest, I mean, we might invite them, hey, come on our tours, it's a fundraiser for the Adobe, it's not that much, it's only 25 a person. And um, that we do give discounts for paranormal teams and things like that. And then, you know, tell them, you know, come on a tour, see if this is something you're interested. And then Mm -hmm. if we get to know them a little bit or interview them, we may then decide, okay, yeah, well, yeah, we'll let them tag along on an investigation. But just generally speaking, I mean, we've gotten interviews from people or um, interviews, emails from people saying, hey, I want to join your team. Thank you. Bye. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay really? Okay, no.
1: well, come on <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so. the do
3: not do approach. Okay. Don't do that. Don't that's do not, that. All yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Don't do that. I would say if you're interested in investigating, you want to be a, a paranormal, you want to head down that road. Try to do as many like we have the tour available. Try find your area, your local area, and try to do as many tours as you can. And just be completely open, open to learning. Listen, learn, listen, learn. Um, do your own due diligence. Make sure you're doing, you know, research on your own. Don't I'm not saying go out and research stuff that you don't have any business putting your nose into, but <laughs> You know, like, just go ahead and make sure you look up, go buy a book, you know, how to do EVPs, how to listen to EVPs, what kind of equipment do people use, and how do they use it, and just kind of educate yourself on what you're doing, and when you go on these tours, don't just be a spectator, you know, find out and investigate the location that you're going to go and, and look at first, so when you go into that location, if there's any Prior claims as to what's going on there, you're going in intelligently, asking questions that are relevant to where you are and what's going on. Don't just walk in and go, "Can you tell us your name? Is anybody here? Can you are reach you going out to drag and text me? Can to you L? move something? <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, don't follow me home. Like, don't don't fall for what you see on TV because yeah, real investigating, yeah. you know, it's it's different. You need to really have a passion to do this, and it takes patience and it takes. A lot of due diligence, and most of what investigating is is not sitting in the dark hoping somebody answers you back. It's all of the groundwork. It's all of the research. It's all mm-hmm. of the homework. It's you know, it's all See, of that. Now, so
1: I thought you were going to say buy some t-shirts, <laughs> go to the nearest graveyard, <laughs> Get a tattoo.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, yeah, no, no. The I mean, important. You gotta have a tattoo. No, I'm teeny. A Tattoo.
2: So, with the no, we don't even. Cool. we don't even have team shirts. Like it's not. Like I'm no. not criticizing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want people <laughs> listening in that do. Oh my God, I am not meaning to criticize. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. um, for us, you know, it, that's. The superficial is not our focus. We don't need to have stickers and all. I mean, I'm not saying that teams that do are superficial. Oh gosh, I'm going to get myself in a hole. No, you're <laughs> fine. <here>. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. I mean, because I know. I mean, I, I can. You know, I know many, many amazing teams that do. You know, and they. It's maybe Definitely. part of their advertising, yeah. and that's great. I'm talking about the select group of wannabe teams that are ghost hunters they just want to go out and prounce around a cemetery and oh look at our t-shirts you know things like that that's they take the, the, stuff they take the pictures that, with
1: all of them standing staring off into different at different angles with their arms crossed yeah yeah right yeah.
2: exactly it's those types of um I, it's just not yeah so and you know there's so many different subtopics too i mean we have crypto and we have you know, ufology and, and things like that. So, I mean, some people may not know exactly what specific focus. Is it ghosts and hauntings? Is it ufology? Is it um, men in black? Is it... Um, uh, let's see. Energy. What else I say? Like- yeah, exactly. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Using, you know, metaphysics. Is it all of that? I mean, maybe some mm-hmm. people are interested in all of it. I don't know. But we special... I mean, I, I kind of have an interest in ghosts and hauntings. That's my main focus and that's the focus of STPRS but you know yeah. getting and we really like exploring with different metaphysical avenues you know like the whole energy approach and I know Karen that's your a lot of your specialty too so That's I've, what I do
1: have, is all energy uh, stuff
2: yeah Yeah you're like a huge mentor for um for me in that regard so but you know I mean explore study see what you want to get into don't join a team right away necessarily I'd have some no, a check little out prerequisite. First. Yeah. yeah, little little prerequisite knowledge there before you just jump yeah. into you know joining a team. And then some some cities have like meetup groups and discussion groups. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you can go ones,
1: to conferences.
2: Right, that too. So
3: that's a great
1: place to go. Are, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, network. Yeah. Get
1: your get your network in place. Because mm-hmm. then you can take the temperature of, of what works for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yep, I always say point.
3: if you want to be a paranormal investigator, it will find you.
1: Yeah. That's, that's true. Right,
3: exactly.
2: And mm-hmm. if you
1: wanna if you want to be a ghost hunter and do the the um graveyards and go chase that's okay too if that's what your passion is. That's okay too. That, that's exactly. What you want yeah, to do. absolutely. Yep.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But. Yeah.
1: Call it what it is, um, you know, and decide where your passion lies. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Good point. Well, awesome. thank you for answering that question, uh, because sometimes I'll get emails to Paranormal Underground's, like, social media saying, hey, I want to join a team, you know, how do I do it? I don't oh, cool. feel like that's yeah. my expertise, and I try and refer them to maybe somebody who can help them out, but I, I'm always interested to find out what people recommend about those, you know, new to the field and and the avenues they should go to, to join in. Right. Absolutely. Get to know people in your area. That's the avenue. well. Yeah,
1: that's a good tip. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Karen. You were going to say something?
1: I was just going to say, because when you think about it, I mean, you're joining a group of people who are going into businesses, historical locations, and people's homes, Right. And that's no small thing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you want to make sure mm-hmm. that you're going with a group of people who have a trustworthy reputation for doing such things. S- you know, because.
2: Right. No, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We are nearing our end time, unfortunately. But before we go to our self-promotion corner. Did I get it right, Karen?
1: Same wish.
0: Shameless, shameless self. Uh, it's been a we've been, uh, been on for a while.
1: It's you know it's all different now. <laughs> what
0: I want to know before we do that though, what each of you wants our listeners to know about your work with SDPRS or any other um, project that
2: you you want to talk about. Sure. You want to go, Allie? or you want me to go?
3: Well, I'll just I'll just say really quickly. You know, San Diego Paranormal Research Society is concern not concerned we're we're focused on getting answers to questions we're focused on helping people we're not out there for gain and glory we're out there to assist and help and our hearts are in every investigation that we do and it's not just something to do on a Friday night we really put our heart and soul into it Nicole's founded this group and she's done a great job and yeah it's it's sdPRs is integrity, and we hope that you know we hope that that shows in the in the work that we do and the care that we give to every case. that's awesome. Yeah. i yeah,
2: I mean, basically, <laughs> you know what 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 Ali said, and i you know it's it's for me and obviously Ali, too, it's a passion. You know, mm-hmm. it's almost like a way of life. and um it's just something that almost found me. I mean, I've been intrigued in the field since I was a child, but specifically after my grandmother's death in '01, and then having experiences with her spirit shortly after. I mean, that's what catapulted me into the act of research, but it's just, I have this thirst for wanting to find out more. You know, there's so much more out there and know, yeah, I'm probably not answering the question at this point, so so sorry. <laughs> but okay. I always say like no, it was anything you
1: wanted us to know, so that works. <laughs> that works.
2: Yeah, I'm like kinda of going off into like, you know, outer space here. But <laughs> I, I tell people it's like, okay, if you're standing on a, a beach and there's all this sand to your left and all this sand in front of you and all this sand to your right, you pick up a grain of that sand, I think that's what we know. The rest has just has been unexplored or hasn't been you know, mm-hmm. found out yet. I mean, many, I, I'm not even sure if the paranormal can ever be proven, scientifically even. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, um, healthy well, not dose with of skepticism. Our current
1: technology.
2: No, exactly. Well, obviously, yeah. But I mean, maybe we're on, I'm hoping that we're kind of on the road to, you know, getting... Oh, we totally are. More intense, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, technology. Absolutely. So, but it's just, it's, you know, Ali said it the best and I would just be repeating her at this point. But, yeah, I'm I'm kind of like out in outer space right now.
1: <laughs> all right, so let's do this then. I will focus you. I will laser focus you because now it is time Thank to you. shamelessly self-promote. Where oh, can my people gosh. Find I, your, what are your books, all of that?
2: Oh, um, okay. So we have our regular main SDPRS page. So it's all one word, lowercase, com. We're on Facebook, so facebook.com slash whatever, and it's our acronym, so S-D-P-R-S. Okay, so we both have individual Facebooks as well. Um, My Spirited Queen Mary site, spiritedqueenmary.com is up. Uh, That is just kind of to share, you know, it's like a blog website devoted to the ship, so I'll be adding more things to that, you know, in the future, and then my author, I have author, why well, just, can you believe this? I just came out with an author Facebook page.
1: Uh, it, only took me, darn time. it only
2: <laughs> took me eight million years, but I did. So it's new. Okay. Just launched a couple days ago. So what that is, is facebook.com. And then it's my name, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. And then P is and Paul, I-S-D as and dog, author. So Nicole, P-I-S-D, author. Um, they apparently I tried author Nicole Strickland the username but it didn't like my last name so I had to do that crazy Nicole PISD author (laughs) so so that's new so people can go there they can go on authornicolestrickland.com learn a little bit more about my writing adventures Um, but yeah let's see yeah I just came out with the second edition to the Haunted Queen of the Seas and then obviously Spirited Queen Mary and I'll be selling those at the Oregon Ghost Conference
1: if if if, if somebody remembers to bring them with them.
2: Yeah, oh no, you make, will. If they
1: make their way out of my entryway, we're good.
2: <laughs> it's okay if they don't, it's all good. No,
1: <laughs> I've been creating like this pile of stuff that I need to remember to take because one of my friends was at my house like two weekends ago and she's going to be at the Ghost Conference too and she left her boots here. So the boots are in the box with your books.
2: <laughs> God. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. so, so I promise. <laughs>
0: Thank you both so much for joining us oh on our God. on oh, our yeah. new mm-hmm.
1: podcast. Yes, yes. It the was, first I, we the could do, I could
2: just chat with you gals for
0: hours.
1: I know. Well, that's what, next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend, I plan to come sit at your table. I'm going to bring my. I'm going to bring. Yes. I want some new tarot decks, so I'm going. You know, we, we can read tarot. We can. Well, it will braid each other's hair.
2: Yeah, fun. and say you're so, and so, you're so okay. pretty, yes, of course. That'll so be fun. So pretty,
1: yes.
2: <laughs> see, Allie and Cheryl, see what you're missing out. You're, I know. The I'll know. I'll We would braid,
1: we braid your hair. There with, see, Nicole. <laughs> we would totally what? braid their hair if they were there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we could. Totally. Yeah, yeah, Ten totally. cents a braid. There you go.
1: <laughs> braid some feathers into your hair, maybe some flowers.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> and take pictures. Got to have pictures.
1: And pictures. Picture, oh,
2: pictures! There yeah, there will pictures. be
1: lots of pictures. You know, if you go oh, yeah. to the Oregon Ghost Conference and you want to see the pictures, you can just follow it on Facebook. There's an Oregon Ghost Conference page. I'm sure there will be plenty of pictures.
2: Plenty of. Pictures. Yeah, Kristen's gonna have like a thousand of them to go through.
1: That's what she usually does. She works her tail <laughs> I know. off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So shall we wrap this baby up and bring it home? Yes, we should.
0: Um, thanks again, Cole and Allie and Karen. And uh, I want to thank our listeners. And Coming out of retirement. Yes, we that was a short retirement. It was a very short Karen, retirement. I, we will yeah. not let Karen retire. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Karen can never retire. That can't happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Nicole and Allie. Now what we're going to do is play two correspondence segments. The first one I want to play for you is from Maria Anna Vandriel, live from Germany. The audio you're about to hear is Maria interviewing her daughters Petronella and Carolina about their experiences with shadow people. So check this out and then we'll be back to talk about our next clip in just a minute.
4: Hi,
5: this is Maria Anna van Driel, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark Correspondent, live from Germany. This time I'm talking with Petronella, who is 19 years old. And Carolina, who is 18 years old, about their personal experiences regarding black figures they have seen in their own home and in the stables they are working. Carolina, you just uh, witnessed a very strange event. You came in, you, you came home, then you walked up to the stairs, and then what happened?
8: So I came in together with my sister to put the bike away and I thought I saw something around the corner, so I tried to duck. It was uh, like something black, I really thought it was something real, like a real thing or something like it, but um, it wasn't, so I came back and I...
5: So what you are saying, let me sketch the situation for the listeners, your shed is way in the back of your garden and there's no light yes. or there is light No there there's no light it's pitch black
8: yeah yes
5: and still you saw a black figure
8: yeah it was much blacker <laughs>
5: like was it just standing there or
8: no, did it move no i it didn't really move it looked like it stands still but i moved that way but i didn't saw it at first i just saw it on the last minute <laughs>
5: just the last second and then yes. you duck away to the floor
8: yes it was like it, it just stand there like
5: <laughs> so that is really really creepy yeah
8: and
5: shall, shall we walk over there
8: yeah
5: yeah okay so you can lead me the way
8: yes okay where was it i tried to dug it here right
5: right here yeah. in the middle yes and that is really a freaking eerie moment that when you walk in the dark that you still can see that pitch black figure just standing there where the, where was the second time that you saw it
8: it was here so this is your front door here. yes but it was really someone standing there and just someone wanted to do something i don't really know how to explain but it was scary Petronella, can,
5: can you explain
9: the listeners what you ex- what you experienced um, I um, walked up the stairs and saw um, like I saw like, also I saw like uh, a black thing here in the corner. I was just a little bit uh, shocked and then it was gone um, I didn't see it in the yard and such black things it's not the first time like in the stables i also sometimes see it and uh, it's for me a little bit normal it's getting normal (laughs) you you see black figures where you are working
5: with with the horses
9: yeah
5: whoa (laughs) so what do you think that these these black figures are are they ghosts or demons or perhaps angels
9: I think it's an energy from that person and I don't know really what it's evil or good or You've never been attacked by something like that or? Not really attacked that it's behind me or close that yeah but not really attacked May I ask a very creepy question? <laughs> Do he also speak to you? Uh, talking I never heard, but I talked to them. Well, really? <laughs>
5: what are you saying to them?
9: Um, what they are doing here or who they are.
5: How do they react?
9: Um, I don't think I'm um, open enough to hear something. Or, uh, so I don't really uh, get an answer what I can understand. But are you never afraid in those stables are you, when you are alone working with the horses? Mm, no, because they don't give me a scary feeling. Okay, cool man. You've got a very <laughs> interesting job. I think I'm going to
5: watch you when you are working. I'm going to see if I can see those shadow people because they can be shadow people, you know? Mm. That's creepy phenomena in the paranormal world. <laughs> Okay, Petronella, we are in the stables, where you saw those black figures. Where do you think that they are coming from?
9: Oh, I have no idea.
5: No, no, you don't know that there's no history in uh, on the ground of the where the stables are at the moment. I didn't
9: ask uh, somebody of um, about history, hmm? so I don't know. Maybe that could be. Could be. We are walking
5: on the property where the stables are, from Petronella and Carolina, and the moon is completely full. It's that particular day that the moon is uh, closer to the earth than normally. I found out that this property has been bought and sold since the 1100 until late 1900. This property was also in the procession of the Templars. I'm in the stables of Petronella and Carolina all by myself to find out about the multiply visual images of the black shadow figures that she saw many, many times in these stables, I'm standing here right now. And I must say, standing here all by myself, I do have the idea that sometimes from the corners of my eye I see, well, misty uh, movements. I constantly have the idea that I hear Petronella speaking is there anybody here? Except for the horses, that is. I have no idea what that sound was and I don't think that the voice recorder captured that one. But it was more like an... Not that sound, but... outside. What the hell is that? I definitely saw somebody Crossing this, and it was it was not a black shadow. It was more in a, a two kind of different white colors, and it was human shaped. And it was crossing the hall from uh, right to the left. Well, you're you're really sure that there is nobody here except for us three. Yeah. That was really. Bizarre. Can you ask them to speak into the voice recorder? Was that a horse or what?
8: Is there any other people?
5: That's also what I thought, that there are people here. Because I hear people.
4: Do you hear that? Do you hear that?
5: That are people. That's a human voice. But I can't hear what it says. It seems to come from this area. Petronella? Was that a shadow? Was that a shadow coming from out of the stable towards you? If there is anybody here who likes to give us a last word before we go home. Come towards me. You can speak into the voice recorder. What the f was that? Holy shit! I saw something in that at that door. And it looked like a leg going from the left to the right on the bottom of the door and I saw it freaking clearly. That was a freaking leg! I saw it walking. Hell! That was a freaking lag! When, when this is the door. I saw a shadow, a very thin one, but dark as hell. Like very quick, that was a freaking lag. I did saw it walking there. Over there on the other way on the other side of the stable. That was amazing. Wow. Okay, we are going home now. Those who are roaming this ground still, you have to stay. You cannot follow us, you cannot touch us, you do not have any permission to do so. So you are staying and you are not touching us, not one of us.
9: Okay, let's go home. What is it that you asked them? Now I asked them. And I told them not to be scared, and that I just want to talk with them, and that they are safe, and that they can that they can come get my energy. And aren't
5: you afraid that they will steal that from you, and that they will drain you, drain you, that you are getting sick or a headache or
9: not tired, but. I know that that risk is with it but to get tired and then go to sleep this night and then next morning I'm..
5: full charged again? Yeah Okay <laughs> when, I,
9: when I'm when i going I also tell them goodbye and.. They stay? Yeah okay. uh, I have the feeling that they stay because uh, they belong here in the stable Okay Did you ever show them Carolina? I hear them.
5: You hear them? They whisper. Can you hear what they whisper?
8: Yes. Like what? What? I just heard it. It was.. He was telling.. I need to know them.
5: I need to know them.
8: Yes, and then.. There was someone else. And he said.. Shh.. Shh.. shh." The whole time. Okay. (laughs) It's really strange. There was on the.. When.. um, When you saw.. When you saw the shadow..
5: Yeah? When, when I, I ho- was
8: standing at the door there.
5: Yeah? On the other side of the stable? Yes. Yeah?
8: And there I heard, there, by the cows yeah? in the stables there, that he said, I need to know them. But it was really whisper- whispering. it, like, I need to know them. Yeah? So really like that. Wow. Oh. But that other one was really loud. And were
5: they men or female or both? Or? They were both men. Both men?
8: Yes, I'm sure I thought. By, uh, by the horses? Yeah. That female voice? Yeah. When she was singing.
5: Yeah.
8: I know that song.
5: You know that song. I walk with yeah, all it's a, lullaby. it's a lullaby.
8: Yeah.
5: And and can you can you repeat that lullaby? It was more
8: like um that song. But Nella was telling me that she was Sometimes sings with that woman. You sing for the woman? I ask
9: them to sing with me.
5: And they do?
9: Then we heard them singing.
5: Crazy stuff, man. (laughs) Shadows, djinns, black figures. They are everywhere. In every house. And in every neighborhood. Perhaps in yours.
0: Alrighty, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio. We're ready to air our second correspondence segment with Crystal Vermis and Manny Vega. And they are going to talk about their paranormal news of the week, including a Nostradamus end of the world prophecy and a tie-in to current politics, as well as the case of the Broad Haven
6: UFO. I'm Crystal Vermis.
7: And I'm Manny Vega.
6: From Salem, Massachusetts, we are your Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark Correspondence.
7: We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal podcast and All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show.
6: Find out more about us at getspooked.net. Now for our paranormal news segment of the week. So mine's actually two stories that I'm combining into one. Uh, I don't have a soapbox that I can stand on, so we're going to just visualize me on a soapbox Uh, telling you that the end of days is near. Okay. So first we got to backtrack here to January 11th, so about a month ago, right? So I don't know if you heard about this, but um, it was snowing in the Italian resort town of Salento for two days, which is very unusual. hmm. Uh, And Nostradamus said that two consecutive days of snow in the town would eventually lead to the apocalypse.
7: Specifically in that town. Yep. That's very specific on Nostradamus.
6: So this is the first story here is from the New York Post, right? Uh, The region is known for its mild climate, but it has been blanketed by icy falls as of late. Uh, He predicted Salento of palm trees and mild south wind, snowy Salento, but never after the touch. Two days of snow, two flashes in the sky. I know the world ends, but I do not yearn. So that area was actually blanketed by snow around this time, and this came. Just days after, uh, a picture of the Virgin Mary in Macedonia was spotted crying, a manifestation which has also been linked to the end of days. Onlookers said the tears were first spotted on New Year's Day, with worshippers pointing at the teardrops to their priests who contacted representatives of the Macedonian Orthodox Church asking them to confirm the miracle. Uh, So, I don't know, I mean, that's like, Right.
7: Compelling. Natural.
6: Also, why do not your mom tell us that? She's always on top of like, like Virgin Mary stuff. I
7: don't think she reads the New York Post. No.
6: No. Well, she should because there's news about crying Virgin Marys. And like, God. okay, so just two what do you think so of two, those two things first? So two
7: omens basically. We got yeah, right. we got snow in a place where there shouldn't be snow. Mm-hmm. and We got a crying Virgin Mary. Two signs that Nostradamus said uh, will predict the end of the world.
6: Right. Okay, so fair enough. Now, we're going to yeah. fast forward here to the um, the end of January, because, which is when President Trump was inaugurated. Right. Uh, this is for monsters and critics, but actually a lot of uh, people around the time of the inauguration, you'll find it if you Google it, harkened uh, back. They looked to Nostradamus around the time of his inauguration to see if they could find, if there was any, like, predictions of... Trump being elected. So, uh, as the story goes, uh, many of Nostradamus' followers believed that he predicted Trump's win in uh, the following verse from Century 3, Quatrain 81, of his 1555 book, Les Prophéties. It says, The great, shameless, audacious baller. He will be elected governor of the army. The boldness of his contention. The bridge broken. The city faint from fear. Now, fans and critics alike are looking to Nostradamus' famous prophecies in a bid to hint what uh, could be to come as Trump takes office. Uh, Nostradamus' predictions mainly come from his verses in *Les Prophéties*, and he's been credited with predicting a large number of world events in the past. So he, people think he predicted uh, the rise of Hitler yeah, yeah. and the September 11th attacks. Right. His words are, of course, open to many different interpretations, but several meanings have been found apparently relating to Donald Trump's time in office, including that it will spark World War III Mm -hmm. and possibly even the apocalypse.
7: And this is based on what Nosadromes has said? Yes. Okay.
6: Uh, well, so, yes. And, you know, if you, your interpretation of what he said. Right. Some believe one particular verse refers to Trump as the false trumpet who, it says, is concealing madness and predicts a possible economic collapse caused by his policies.
7: Concealing madness? He's not concealing it very well.
6: <laughs> the verse is also said to make reference to him taking drastic action over immigration, either at home or by intervening in Europe. Oh, interesting. The verse, Century 1, Quatrain 40, reads... The false trumpet concealing madness will cause Byzantium to change its laws. From Egypt, there will go forth a man who wants to edict, withdrawn, changing money and standards. The site of the ancient Greek colony of Byzantium lies in modern-day Istanbul and Turkey, Ooh. which is at the center of Europe's current refugee crisis. Okay. But some view the verse as cloaked reference to immigration in the U.S., uh, which played a large role in Trump's campaign, including, you know, his whole thing about building a wall.
7: And who's the man from Egypt, though? There's going to be a man from Egypt who wants to end this in some way? uh,
6: We'll see. I guess we'll see. Uh, There's even a bleaker outlook, though, if you consider one interpretation of Century Three, Quatrain 50, which reads, The Republic of the Great City will not want to consent to the great severity king summoned by trumpet to go out. The ladder at the wall, the city will repent. Some say the Republic of the Big City again refers to the U.S., and the verse predicts military operations overseas, possibly World War III. Hmm. A few followers have even gone a step further to view Nostradamus' text as describing Trump as the third Antichrist after Napoleon and Hitler who will bring about the apocalypse. However... Many critics dismiss his predictions as nothing more than words that can be a pertinent interpretation. Uh, but indeed, many believed the Sears writings have predicted that Hillary would win in the 2016 election, which, you know,
7: was obviously false. People so, also said that Obama was supposed to be the third Antichrist that he predicted. I think this happens every damn time there's an election, first of all. It's always like the third Antichrist is going to be who do we vote for again? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Obama, it's gonna be Obama. Uh, no, no, it's Trump. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't. To that part, I think, is a little bit malleable. I mean, we've heard this a million times. You read one of Nostradamus's prediction, you can make it, a, you know, apply to anything that's okay. Of but a I've times.
6: watched literally hours, like hours long documentaries on Nostradamus.
7: Right, and, and you're, you're buying in,
6: yeah. Are kidding? I
7: know you. I know you. I know. You've bought into this. You
6: don't believe in it? I've watched, like, the whole thing is, like, the the quatrains or whatever. like oh, the quatrains. On uh, History Channel, I watched that.
7: It. There's that one documentary with a guy with that, like, really deep, crazy voice, who I think does other... He does a lot of other documentaries, but he's always like, no, she almost quatrains. Yeah. It's a very, like, strong voice.
6: No? So you don't believe it? or I,
7: I don't know. I actually... No, I don't necessarily fully <laughs> believe it. Um, but there were some interesting parallels drawn there, I think. Yeah. So you're... I mean... You know, if someone were to predict World War III, I think this is probably the time to predict it. Because uh, somebody's going to bomb somebody, right? Like, I mean, kind of like, like,
6: eventually. Um, did you hear... <laughs> I guess I might as well uh, say... Have you ever heard of uh, the Beyoncé fan 666 Twitter? No. Uh, okay. What is that? So this was actually going to originally be my paranormal story. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a psychic... I quote-unquote psychic. Uh, the uh, handle is BeyonceFan666. And, they, they and are, she predicts things. She's a psychic. Yeah, straight up. She says, um, Beyonce is going to announce pregnancy <laughs> in February 2017. And she tweeted this in July 22nd, 2016. No, she didn't. Okay. But she also um, said that... Um, the the UK voted to leave the EU um, back on June 14th 2016. But do
7: you have the actual tweets?
6: Yeah, I'm looking at them right now from an article. Oh. But a lot of people like re- have reported on her like she's known as the color like the low key Twitter psychic. Um she key said key. Donald Trump's going to be elected on June 14th 2016.
7: That's not a big one. Anybody can say that. Wh-
6: wh- he was running for president at the time.
7: He was running well, for. Well, no, a lot
6: of people think too that she who knows? You never know. Some people can yeah, know, maybe post things like or change the date of thing. I don't know. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I don't know.
7: What well, what I've heard is like
6: hide tweets until yeah, exactly. something happens. Um, but she did say Lady Gaga is going to be performing at the Super Bowl last September, like the beginning of the season, and she knew when her um her album was going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, and she says she even says. Just so you know. On July twenty fourth, 2016, she is a Parkwood intern and a low-key psychic. And being a low-key psychic is lit.
7: Is Is lit? She wrote that. She wrote being a a Parkwood intern and low-key psychic is lit. That's literally what she wrote. Yeah. Now, okay, but what are her current predictions? Go to her page right now. I want to know
4: what she's actually
7: predicting. Because the thing is, with a lot of these Twitter prediction stuff... It's been known that, I guess, people will literally just write a bunch of predictions of, like, bullshit. Of, like, you know, stuff that could possibly happen that's reasonably true. Like, you make one tweet that says Hillary Clinton will be elected, and you make another tweet that says Donald Trump will be elected.
6: I mean, she's accurate about something. the point
7: is, so, like, what I was saying is, sometimes people will just write a bunch of tweets and delete the ones that are wrong and then keep the ones that are right.
6: Yes, that's what people thought she did. But. What? Does
7: she have any tweets right now, like today?
6: no. How, does she, how would she know Trump was president in June?
7: Because he was running for president. There was two or options. Or Lady
6: Gaga was going to drop an album or perform the Super Bowl. I'm it, just saying. I think okay. some of them
7: aren't enough of a stretch. He, okay, I want to know the next time she makes a prediction. Because if she says now that like Lady Gaga is going to be pregnant in a month and then it comes it comes true, we'll know she's a modern-day Nosadamas. Well, And that will be lit. As <laughs> no, in the words of Nostradamus. Wait,
6: so are you going to follow her?
7: No, no, okay. you've you got that under the control.
6: Well, no, I like for some reason it wouldn't let me.
7: Won't like, let you follow her. No,
6: my app would not right. <laughs> What do you have for this week?
7: Okay, my story is a little bit actually of a history lesson. Uh, have you ever heard of the Broad Haven UFO story?
6: Only because I saw it online this week, but I didn't actually like. I've never heard of the story or or anything. So no, I educate I, me.
7: I knew nothing about it as well, but uh, the BBC actually covered it. Because uh, it was the 40-year anniversary of this UFO sighting uh, on February 4th, which was, like a Saturday, right?
6: Uh, don't yeah. ask me to do math. Yes. Yes, today's the 5th, so 4th, okay. yes.
7: So, uh, this is the story of the Broadhaven UFO sighting. It's actually one of the more famous UFO cases to take place in Wales over there in the United Kingdom. So, it was 40 years ago when a class of pupils at Broadhaven Primary School said they spotted a UFO in a field near their playground. It was one of a wave of sightings in the area in 1977, uh, dubbed the Dife Field, sorry, Difed Triangle. That's like the little area where they had a bunch of sightings. Okay. So, David Davies was 10 at the time and heard reports of pupils seeing flying saucers throughout the day. He says, I was a natural-born skeptic, so after the bell rang, I decided to go to the area that the children said they had seen it. He described seeing a silver, cigar-shaped craft with a dome covering the middle third. My sighting only lasted a couple seconds. It popped up and then went back behind a tree. Hmm. Mr. Davies said Behind he... a tree? Yeah, just like hid behind yeah. a tree for some like, reason. yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said he did not feel afraid, more in awe and wonderment, although he admitted he had a strange desire to run away. So, none of the children, I'm sorry, none of the teachers actually believed the children when they said they saw a UFO. They came to him in a group. And so the headmaster separated them and all, got them all to draw what they had seen. There were some slight variations, but they drew basically the same thing each time, okay? And that was a cigar-shaped craft yeah. with a little uh, uh, dome in the middle. So I'm going to show you some examples of the drawings that the kids uh, actually drew back then. I don't know if you have any descriptions or any thoughts on them real oh, quick. Oh,
6: shit. Someone's a little Michelangelo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, they actually look more like these, uh, I'd say, are standard UFO flying disc, but they are long they're like elongated so that's probably where the cigar shape kind of thing are, comes in
7: Are they all about the same would you say
6: y- Yeah I mean thought. I would say so Well so like okay Well hold on I guess finish the story before I yeah. I say what I'm hold,
7: say. hold that thought hold that thought Yeah, yeah. so I mean again this is, took place in February of yeah. uh, of 1977 uh, but a few months later, Rosa Granville uh, had another sighting. And this is from BBC Wales. Uh, it was in April 1977. Rosa Granville, who runs the Haven Fort Hotel in Little Haven, mm-hmm. was in bed at around 2.30 a.m. when she was awoken by strange noise and lights. Yeah. Looking out of her window, she described seeing an object which looked like an upside-down saucer. So, like, you know, think of, like, a saucer dish that you would use with tea. It was up- turned oh, okay. upside down. So yeah. it looked more like a, you know, the flying saucer mm-hmm. that we know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was in the field next to the hotel, and she saw two faceless humanoid creatures with pointed heads. The incident, she said in a subsequent letter she wrote to her MP, Nicholas Edwards, left her agitated and disturbed, and not the least bit desirous of another encounter. She wrote, "'I would be pleased to hear of an explanation. It would greatly help to relieve the sense of shock i felt since my encounter.'" Uh, speaking to the BBC, BBC Wales News website, Mrs. Granville recalled the object. She said it was a bit like an upside-down saucer. It looked like a jelly to start with. Uh, there was so much heat. I was by What does the... a
6: jelly mean? Like a
7: jelly, like a gelatin. Oh, mind. on a... Yeah, yeah okay. Um, there was so much heat that uh, I was by the window and my face felt burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was light coming from it and flames of all colors. Then the creatures came out of these flames, and that's what I don't understand. I shouted, hello, what are you doing there? They looked faceless. I couldn't see their features. She said she went to find other people in the hotel to show them, but that when she returned to the window a few minutes later, the object and the uh, and the men had gone. When she visited the site of the alleged landing in the morning, there was two inches of burned ground there. Hmm. Okay? So that's the... Um
6: does she have cancer now? It's like usually how these stories know, go. Like they get radiation or whatever. That's
7: that's Rosa Granville's story. Uh, a number of theories have been put forward to explain the sightings. Uh, again, Nicholas Edwards, who she wrote to, um, and he apparently got inundated with reports. It sounds
6: of, like a broad church case.
7: He got inundated. Uh, sure, that's true. was a good show. He got inundated with UFO sightings. Uh, she con- and He actually contacted the Ministry of Defence. A guy by the name of uh, Lieutenant Cowan. An officer from RAF Brody visited the hotel. He examined the site, but he found no evidence of a landing. He actually joked that uh, if a UFO would arrive at RAF Brody, we will charge the normal landing fees.
6: Uh
7: Uh, In his report, he mentioned the possibility that a local prankster was at work. He described... um, so the alien's description kind of fits the exact type of protection suit that would have been issued in the event of a fire at one of the local oil refineries. Oh,
6: shut up. And That's he said, like, "Come on."
7: and, and apparently there's a guy who in 1996 said he would use to, uh, this guy Glenn Edwards would wander around the area in a silver suit as a prank in around 1997 or mm. 77. So could that be it? Um, okay,
6: well, so my, first of all, why would it be a guy in a suit? Because presumably the guy's walking around a ground level. Right. Face level. This was in the sky.
7: Well, I right? mean, another thing, another explanation was potentially that it was um, a sewage tank that the kids mistook as a UFO. Oh but these kids all had farming backgrounds so they should have known what a sewage tank looked like. Uh, so that doesn't wasn't okay, a satisfactory so explanation.
6: My whole thing, my only problem with this is that um, it looks so much like your standard UFO that I'm like anyone could. Like, you, if you said, draw a UFO, right. this is when most people would draw. So, especially in the case of, like, kids and stuff, I'd be like, all right, well, you got, you know? Like, you asked them to draw a UFO. I don't
7: know. I, I feel the same way about but that But then part. you
6: hear the woman's story, which is very, in general, it's hard for me to believe, but hey, like, it's kind of, I don't know, like... I don't know. I think Why could, would someone make something up like that unless she's like straight up crazy? But we would have heard about that probably right. as a follow up, especially if this is such a celebrated and researched case.
7: Yeah, I think if you left it at just the kids, I, I, you know, it's funny that it was presented as like, oh, I took these kids all the way and asked them to draw a UFO. They all drew the same thing. Right. Because it was in 1977. You know, this is 30 years after Roswell. I know Roswell is in the US. This is in the UK. But, I mean, I think at that point, I would assume in the 70s, you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I'm pretty sure, was out at that time. Star Wars came out in Mm -hmm. 1977. People knew about aliens. People knew.
6: And we all know, like, kids are always, like, I guess you could go both ways here. But I I, I always hear, you know, kids are not, why are they inclined to lie? Unless, you know.
7: My my point though is like it was what you said like if they were asked to draw a UFO they probably would draw what looks like a UFO they wouldn't yeah. just make up some crazy it, it would be weirder if they all drew some you know machine that none of us recognized and it all looked exactly the same that would be weird yeah but the fact that they all drew the traditional flying saucer is not necessarily compelling to me but then as you say you know you add the, in the Rosa Glanville situation that's kind of a whole different wrinkle to it this happened months later she has no yeah, reason exactly. to necessarily lie
6: about it that's what I'm saying that's yeah. a little weird so. I don't know, strange happenings out is there. But I, I didn't even know. Like, I hadn't yeah. even heard the story. What yeah, do I, mean, I was going
7: to ask, is it a case of, like, you know, imagination getting away from them? I mean, yes. Yeah, Her
6: story is so crazy.
7: Yeah.
6: I actually, I wonder if it's a completely separate incident. Because, like, even though they saw the same shapes, she then saw a bunch of colorful lights. And then she saw actual humanoid creatures. Right. Uh, and these kids only saw the shape. Right. The object and then it ducked behind a tree. So
7: I mean keep in mind here again, David Davies, he's still alive, he's much older now. Yeah. He's actually uh they're doing all sorts of events, I guess. His to... drawing
6: was great. You know, great artist. Great. He's made a great
7: career as <laughs> an artist now. Um he they, they had a bunch of events to celebrate the forty years since. Yeah. And they've done all you know, all of a sudden they've you found these records in the National Archives. The Ministry of Defense documents have come out and a lot of research has been done into the situation. Uh, but Davies still maintains he was a guest speaker at one of these events. Uh, he still maintains that, you know, he saw what he saw. He's, he says he never sensationalized the story. Um, he's open-minded to any theories to explain it, but he writes that so many people are ridiculed for saying they have seen a UFO. Uh, he described his secondary school life as a misery because of it. Yeah. I was beaten senseless purely because what? of what happened to me. It oh, my been, gosh. It would have been so much easier just to take back my story. Yeah. Uh, he admits that UFOs have been a subject that has gone on to dominate his life. At one point, I must have had the largest library uh, of books in Wales on the subject. Um and yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know.
6: So do you believe it happened? Or do you believe they're seeing something that's otherworldly, these people? I, mean.
7: I think they all saw something weird that they couldn't explain. I don't think these kids just had like an imagination that got carried away. Yeah. Because like he said, like, he got beat up in high school for it. He could have just said, hey, I made it up. Leave me alone. Right. You know, like it was a joke. It was a kid, We were kids. But um, it's weird that he would hold on to the story this many years later when it doesn't seem like he's gotten any sort of major benefit from it. He just has a normal life now. Yeah. Um, so that part's odd i think they saw something weird i don't know if they were mistaken i mm. i am also open to normal natural explanations for it but i think given that um people have kind of dug into it and haven't come up with an natural explanation after 40 years that's you know that says and something. it's being celebrated that's <laughs> something right yeah yeah
0: if you'd like to be a guest on paranormal underground radio email editor at paranormal until next time keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Hi, this is Cheryl with Paranormal Underground Radio and I'd like to tell you how you can find your own online counselor through BetterHelp.com. E-counseling is an effective, convenient, and affordable way to get help with issues like stress, anxiety, depression, relationships, career issues, self-esteem, addictions, and many other life changes. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals, and BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe and private online or mobile environment. Anything you share is strictly confidential. Plus, it's affordable. Getting started is free, so you can feel confident that BetterHelp's service and the therapists they match you with are right for you. Then just pay a low flat fee for unlimited sessions with your counselor. It's convenient because you can do it on your own time and at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you want. BetterHelp is available at your time and your place. To start your free week-long subscription for as much contact as you need, just complete the questionnaire and enter your credit card details at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal. It's safe and secure. And if you don't need help beyond the first week, just cancel your subscription with a click of a button. If you find value, do nothing and automatically extend your subscription. Pricing varies between $180 to $280 per month for unlimited access. That's about the cost of a single in-person session with a similarly qualified in-person therapist. Give it a try today at betterhelp.com forward slash paranormal.